0: Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a Dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Monday, October 25th. 2021 coming at you live from the hockey night new york studios on long island that's right <laughs> got a big show coming up for your night day pan of the fourth period will be joining us my name is sean Cufford. with me as always is this clown over here <laughs> christian
1: <laughs> Otto. You, christian how, how are, are you? you hey i got it right this time i'm doing Not well shawney how are you doing bud i am also doing well yeah the islanders
0: are doing well so that's what they tell me anyway it's all good stuff buddy Thanks for hanging out with us on this fine Monday night, ladies and gentlemen. I want to remind you all that we are presented by RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. It's the best place to catch the aisles when you can't be at the game head on down for great food and drink specials, plenty of HD TVs, and in-game sound. We're also happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. An official partner of the New York Islanders and coming soon to the UBS Arena. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for all their great offerings. And of course, we are happy to be sponsored by TIE Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three... Three months of service. So, Christian, like I was just saying, Isles are doing pretty well. What a difference a week makes, man. (laughs) Certainly. Right? Everybody was down. Kind of. Kind
1: of. Right? Kind of.
0: You go on a four game point streak, you get a couple, sprinkling a couple of shutouts, almost a third one, they have two. Right. And all all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, three, two, and one. What do you say, C.A.? Yeah, no, I mean, it's certainly, it certainly was a great way to end the road, end the first leg of this road trip and certainly put some of the demons that they were facing in the first two games behind them a little bit. Yeah. Now, I, I want to say that, though, with this in mind, that some of the games that they did win, they certainly got bailed out by their goaltender, um, Ilya uh <laughs> Ilya Sorokin. Ilya Sorokin. That's his yeah. Name. yeah. yeah. Uh, I was about to combine the two to Ilya yeah. Varlamov. Nice. Um, nice, but Ilya Sorokin certainly playing uh, lights out hockey in the, his last four games NHL for a uh, third star of the week this week. Well right. deserved oh, yeah. um, for the netminder and, and certainly bailed the Islanders out by the way he played uh, in Chicago, even in Columbus played lights out in Arizona and Las Vegas and really gave the Islanders a chance to win. And that's something that they really hadn't seen the first couple of games with Sorokin who struggled a little bit. In fairness, he also had a team in front of him that was struggling a bit yeah, too, yeah. making a lot of defensive errors, making a lot of mistakes in their own zone and not giving him the best foot forward. But at the same time in those losses, those first couple of games, he certainly wasn't playing up to snuff either. Right. So to see all of that kind of go by the wayside and Sorokin really, um, bear down in the last couple of games and, and get back to the place that I think a lot of people know he can play at at this mm-hmm. point. Um, um, it's a great thing to see. Yeah, for
0: sure. And look, everybody, like you said, sputtered out of the gate. And, yeah. you know, Islander country, people get a little worried. People get a little concerned. Well, I think people Just are so, so
1: used to um, how things go around here for the longest time. Even though we've talked about it before, how we've kind of, we're past that at this point. But still, understandable that right. after years and years and years, decades, centuries, mm-hmm. phono- you know, millenniums, yeah, really. Yeah, it's been uh, all of them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I think it's fair when Islander fans are are kind of, Giddish a little bit when when they have a rough start, but also in, in fairness too, the Islanders were not playing great, and it should be noted that they weren't playing being great, being playing great. And we got to be honest and fair when it comes to that that aspect as well. The expectations are where they are because the Islanders went to the right? you know, semi semifinals, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> right. whatever they're calling right. it these days, right? Uh, two years straight, so the expectations are now up here, and they got to match yeah. that. So deservedly so, people were scared, nervous, concerned, took okay. them to task at times. Um, and on the flip side, it's also very early, and and oddly enough, you look at teams like Colorado, another Stanley Cup favorite, sputtering out of the gate. Las Vegas, I mean, they've dealt with so much injury issues, and they've sputtered out of the gate. Uh, Tampa Bay, they've struggled a little bit out of the gate. So certainly teams that you would not have expected. Detroit has been phenomenal. What is going on? Buffalo, too, right? Right. They're like 3-0-1 or something like that. Early in the year, things are kind of flipped on their head, and I think everyone's trying to get their bearings right right now.
0: Yeah, well, look, I mean, we said it last week. You kind of the first couple of games, you get maybe a little misrepresentation of what's really going to happen right. for the rest of the year, and I think we saw that for the Islanders. We're probably seeing that for teams like Detroit and Buffalo. I mean, yeah. hey,
1: best of luck to them if they can keep it up, but <laughs> Listen, not exactly
2: I'm, expected. Yeah, no, and I think right. I
1: think you're seeing things start to to even out at least for the Islanders. Their their game has started to settle a bit. You're seeing the tendencies, the good tendencies that you saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting to come back to the forefront. Sorokin again playing lights out. Varlamov now possibly coming back at some point in the near future with. Corey Schneider going down on waivers. So mm-hmm. certainly a lot of good things to, to look forward to coming off the end of this road trip, the first half of this road trip, I should say. Right. That's the crazy thing. I mean, they, they've they only played with six
0: games, and there's seven more to go on the road, if my math is right. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> they still Sean. got seven more. They have this nice little five-day break, right? I right. five days. Yep. So they get to kind of, I guess, recharge the batteries a little bit, especially after playing back to backs and coming out back with four on points on the road
1: for the last two weeks. Basically, all the time zone changes and everything like changes. that. I mean, they really, they really crisscrossed. The the, the schedule was so bizarre when you look at it, where it started. The owners playing mm-hmm. um, in Chicago, then coming back east to play Columbus, then going back west to play right. in Arizona. It certainly was a a, a crisscross trip, for, to say the least. To uh, Start the year, and, and certainly I'm sure that played a part into what happened, but, but certainly you're seeing the Islanders come back around and um, settle things down, too. It didn't help that they they didn't have their full roster on the ice until the um, Arizona game, which is crazy to think. Mm. Um, you know, you had Pajot out with illness. You had Anders Lee out with yeah, illness. Yeah, that was bizarre, huh? They took turns. Well, I think, you know, I think honors yeah. League gave it to to Pajot, basically. They share, they share a locker room. They're right. near each other. Right. Definitely, I think the, one of them caught it from the other. Right. And so they they only, only missed one game. The Islanders won the game in Chicago. They came away with a point in Columbus. So not, not too much harm done there. Right. And then Arizona, they had everybody back on the ice. And that was a good thing because you start, you could see some some semblance of cohesion coming out between the the units that were out there. All the Barry Trotts mixing and matching there mm-hmm. in the Las Vegas game, which worked out well. You're seeing uh, Wallstrom and Parisi start to develop a, a bit of a chemistry. Yeah, yeah. You're seeing the, the top line get going again you're seeing um and Brock Nelson starting to get their games back too which is which is an important thing so uh, a lot of different mixing and matching and, and you know Barry Trotz playing different guys with, with different uh different lines that we hadn't seen in a while and mm. I, but I think that's sort of what you want to see out of the island is their ability to mix and match and still not lose too much um in fact it helped them a lot considering where sure. things were with Beauvillier, Bailey, and Brock Nelson. Right,
0: right. No, it's nice to see these guys getting on the score sheet. They're just playing a more rounded game. I think that there's still some room for improvement. I think there's also some guys that we can probably talk about tonight that yeah. we may want to key on a little bit. But let's key on Ilya Sorokin. You talked about the sure. potential of Varlamov maybe coming back. Now, I guess this is going to be the big question, right? When he's ready, who gets who gets the reins? Is, is Barry going to keep going with Sorokin until he kind of has a rough game? Or is he going to throw Varley right out there once he has a chance?
1: Well, Barry, Trotz, I think, has always been the coach, the kind of coach that sticks with the hot hand, if I'm not mistaken. So I would imagine, although the, the five days in between games might change things up a little bit, mm-hmm. which is interesting timing. You always right. you always like to see teams get their rest when they need it. But at the same time, now the Islanders are starting to get their momentum and then boom. You have a stop in the in the season for a little bit, a week, right? Um, which I mean, understandably so. You want to rest and, and relax and mm-hmm. kind of recharge the battery, but at the same time, do you lose the momentum? Right. And in the specific case of Ilya Sorokin, I don't think you lose momentum from not playing, you know, for the for the week, basically. But you know, I think Varlamov coming back is certainly an option on the table because mm-hmm. he means so much to the, the team, and um, I think I think there is some curiosity as what he can do. Um, back on the ice after so much time not playing in, in game situations, it'll be interesting The week will give him certainly an opportunity to get fully back to 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a chance you see him in Nashville. I, I don't necessarily know if that's what I would do if I was the head coach. Look, I'm right. not. i not. I understand that <laughs> there's a reason why <laughs> we, we talk about <laughs> things and don't make decisions. Correct. But at the same time, if you look at the body of work that Sorokin has done, I think the expectation for him to be the number one at some point Why not ride out this this wave of whatever is going on with him? Why not give him continued reign to see how far he can take this? He's playing great hockey. I think that he's earned that spot, and and I know it's early, and I know it's probably sooner than Islanders management would have imagined him maybe battling for that number one role, but Mm -hmm. why not right now? Why not reward him for playing so well through the first six games? Sure.
0: No, you definitely make a case there. And, and look, I'm glad I'm not Barry Trotz. I don't have to make that decision and get punished for it if I lose. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I don't get to hear the ire of the fans. But, but yeah, look, the good thing is you really can't go wrong. You got Mm -hmm. probably the best goaltending tandem in the league now with Varlamov coming back. And... Look, eventually one of those guys are going to have a rough night. Hopefully it's not Varlamo's first night. Right. Coming back, he might be a little rusty. So, who knows? Maybe Saturday is a game where Barry's like, all right, let's see what he's got. Afternoon game, you know, throw him in there, see what he does. But then again, Sorokin, basically three shutouts in four games. The guy's playing fantastic. I mean, the highlight reel saves are ready. And... You know, I mean, it's tough, but I think I stick with Sorokin, honestly.
1: Yeah, no. I Maybe mean, wait I think, for a back-to-back situation. I, I think that's, you don't get a back-to-back situation again until the middle of November when the Islanders play Florida, play Tampa Bay and then Florida on consecutive days. Um, in the middle, that's the 15th and the 16th, Monday and Tuesday. Okay. Back on the road before finally returning home after that for their first game at UBS Arena. Gotcha. Later that week, but. That'll be the next opportunity for that, that back-to-back, as you're talking sure. about. But it's when a you long look time. At, yeah, exactly. When you you're look at wait the schedule, you're probably yeah. not going to wait that long. And, no. and considering the number, of days off, the number of days off that the Islanders have right now, and then I think it's something like maybe like uh, 10, you have two games in 10 days or something like that before you really start to get the schedule going again because they mm. play Saturday. And then they, after they play Saturday, they don't play again until the 4th of November in Montreal. So gotcha. okay. there is this there, there's Islanders are going to get some downtime here, mm-hmm. which is which is good and bad almost, I think, in the, in the same breath because it's good. They get to rest, relax and, and, and like I said, recharge the batteries. But on the flip side, now you're kind of taking away some of that momentum that they were getting there at the end of the, the first leg of this trip. And now you go into Nashville after five days What's their what's their level going to be like at that? Then they have another right. four or five days off after that before mm-hmm. they play Montreal on the road, and then they then things start to ramp up again where they're playing back to backs. Excuse me, the next back to back would have been would be actually that sixth and the seventh between you Winnipeg go. and Minnesota. So maybe that's that's okay. an opportunity there too as we look at the schedule, but you know it, it's it's good that we don't have to make the decision at this point (laughs) yes it is is. because it's it's a tough call it's a tough spot to be put in and that's why barry trotz makes the money that he does and um you know he's in charge but i think Sorokin's earned that opportunity to kind of take that role as the starter right now and then you roll with him until things start to flip the other way and like we've seen in the past where the next goaltender comes in whether it was Varlamov last year and then Sorokin will come in or Varlamov, uh, or Varlamov in the past or, and, and Thomas Grice or Robin mm-hmm. Lanner and Thomas Grice. You kind of ride that hot hand until you can't ride it too much. Yeah, year.
0: ultimately, I think once things settle in, they're going to split the nets pretty pretty evenly, I think. Maybe, yeah. maybe Varley gets a little more. Who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll see what develops. But, folks, we've got to take a break because Dave Panyota of the fourth period is going to join us. want to thank you so much for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. We'll be right back.
2: And you've got a great spot to catch all the action. R.J. Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food drinks and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. RJ Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway just steps from the train station. So come on down, watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week, hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill, your home for New York Islanders hockey.
1: Another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So, Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516 856 7800, that's 516 856 7800, or visit them on the web at tietechnology.com Technology.com, that's tie T I E Technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service.
0: Hope you enjoyed the ad. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold.
1: And welcome back to Hockey Night in New York, streaming live every week on twitch.tv slash hockey night and why. Of course, brought to you by our friends over at RJ Daniels. And it's, of course, time for everyone's favorite spot of the program on the line, brought to you by our other friends over at Thai Technology. And with us today is Dave Panyota from the fourth period Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it.
3: No, thanks for having me guys.
1: Of course, it's always a blast when you come on and I think the perfect spot to talk to start with you is, is got to be Seattle. We know you were out there for the Krakens first game in the in end the, and at home. What was the experience like and what was the arena like? Because I know a lot of Islander fans were kind of looking at it as maybe a, a teaser almost for what to expect at UBS arena down the line.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was, you know what, guys, it, there, there was a lot of energy, um, a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, a lot of jerseys. <laughs> I, I think there was like 80% of the people at the game were wearing some kind of back in jersey, um, not just like a, a, uh, a t-shirt or sweater, and like I'm talking actual jersey, which would explain why the jersey sales are so high, um, but that atmosphere was, it was awesome. The in-game entertainment was great, they had, a, you know, a few celebrities roaming around uh, a bunch of the Seahawks were there, Macklemore and and a few others, Sue Bird and whatnot. So, um, just overall, it was it was really cool. It wasn't the big, um, I guess, explosive kind of uh, uh, of welcoming mm-hmm. that the league or or really they may may have hoped for. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're, I was told they're going to spread out the entertainment over the course of the season. So, variety of different home games. There's going to be some. Some cool entertainment and and, uh some celebs and things like that but it was it was awesome it's a beautiful arena awesome facility it's all dug in right Mm -hmm. so i mean if you're in the 300 levels you're basically street level uh so that's how deep they made this thing so uh, just a, a cool facility Awesome arena, and the atmosphere was electric.
0: Very, very cool, Dave. And just uh, before you came on, Chris and I were talking about a little bit of the, uh, the wacky start to the season for some teams, how the Islanders are sputtered out of the gate, Tampa struggling out of the gate. And you have teams like Buffalo and Detroit, you know, having some, having some wins here in the beginning. Maybe not so representative of what's going to happen, but just sifting through, we have like, what, six, seven games, depending on what team you're looking at here. Who are the, who are the, who are the contenders this year coming in? Like, who's looking good to start? And who's going to stay there at the top?
3: You know, it's it, it's a wonky start to the year. It's weird. You're right. Um, you know, the Isles should be doing better, and, <laughs> and the Leafs should be doing better, and, and Vegas should be doing a lot better, and, and so on and so on. So, I mean, look, hockey has a tendency of evening things out in, in its own way. So I, I don't suspect that, you know, this will continue. Um, but, you know, you're looking around Colorado uh, is, is I mean I thought they were going to be a top tier I still do I think they're going to be a top tier contender this season Florida has been phenomenal I think they're going to be staying up there the Florida Panthers have been top to bottom uh, just a dynamic team full of full of depth full of quality depth and to a lot of people's surprise Sergei Bobrovsky is almost back I don't want to say back
2: because
3: <laughs> it's whatever six games in five games in but He's looked uh, normal. And usually, <laughs> he has a crappy season, the following year he rebounds. So I don't know if it was because of the shortened year or whatnot, but um, this could be finally his uh, a bit of a bounce-back season for him. And then he goes on like a tear at three four years in a row. So I think Florida's legit. I, I think they've got all the tools. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up. I think they will for the most part.
1: Dave, I have to ask, you, you mentioned the Maple Leafs and, and how they've started this year. Now, there's no one on Long Island that's really shedding a tear for the Toronto Maple <laughs> Leafs, but certainly no. the, the start has surprised a lot of people, including, what was it, a 7-1 loss the other night that and the and yeah, and, and Saturday. What, what has gone on and gone wrong with Toronto, the way this season has started? Because as much as people don't want them to be good, that's a team on paper that should be very good and, and competing with some of the best teams in the league.
3: Yeah, and and I I think they're battling their own demons at this point. They're getting in their own way. Um, You know, everybody's crapping all over Marner. I mean, tonight, I think Austin got his first point, the first goal, Austin Matthews. So, uh, like, even in the playoffs, everybody was all over Marner, but Matthews really hadn't done much either. So I don't know why he's the whipping boy, Um, but whatever. I mean, they both deserve a lot of crap, to be honest, because they should be doing a lot better. JT as well a lot of players on this team should be doing a lot better. And, you know, the first six games of the season, they haven't. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if, if they're reading too much into all the public scrutiny and they're listening too much to the talk shows and, and reading Twitter and all that stuff, um, which is horrible. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, think, I think that they're kind of getting in their own way a little bit and trying to do a little bit too much. Um, as you know, we're doing this, Carolina just takes a lead. So, you know, maybe they're going to figure things out here, but, um, it, it, look, this, this is a team that has, like you said, all the tools on paper. They're really, really good. It's just a matter of buying in and, and getting away from that, that outside noise. And if they can do that, maybe they need a bender weekend to kind of regroup or something <laughs> for a lot of teams and guys can go out again. So maybe that's the way to do it. But, um, I don't think they're going to be, you know, this bad all year long. And and if they are, I mean, there's going to be some serious serious changes.
0: Right, for sure, David. And just to key back on Florida for a second, I have to agree with you there. I think they look really good this year. And do you think they have what it takes to unseat finally unseat the Tampa Bay Lightning and maybe come out of that division?
3: I mean, it's possible. I have them finishing first in the division. You do uh, going into for the playoffs, so. um, Look, this is like a, this is a really, really good team, and if the goaltending's on point and Eric, Aaron Ekblad, excuse me, is healthy, and their depth up front is going to be as advertised now as it is game 82 and 83. Um, this team has the tools to get the job done. They've got, you know, guys that have won before. They they brought in some physical guys as well um, and some veterans, Joe Thornton getting his first bowl of the season tonight. So I, I, like the, I like the overall makeup. They've got the young kids in Lundell and then uh, Owen Tippett, first-round pick a few years ago, who's now cementing a full-time spot on the roster. And Mackenzie Wieger is probably one of, if not the most underrated, defenseman in the National Hockey League. And that's on top of the fact that you've got Pelican Pulak, who are the most underrated pair in the league, Uyghur, I think, doesn't even get that type of recognition across the league. So they, they've got a lot of talent, a lot of um, a lot of assets there. They're going to be dangerous.
1: Talking with Dave Panyota here on the on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And Dave, you mentioned uh, Pulak and Petlick and the New York Islanders, so let's transition a little bit to there. Obviously, the Islanders locking those two up was such a, a huge thing, Pulak's contract, the most recent one, um, kind of getting that out of the way ahead of the free agency of next year. How important was that for the Islanders to do coming into the season before the puck even dropped to get something like that out of the way? Well, that, I mean,
3: that was a priority for Lou Lamarello and the staff, and it showed because they got it done um, this this early. They could have waited midseason. They could have waited until you know their season ended and taken a chance, but they wanted to block him up because they knew – and know the importance of that pair and that, and that duo. They complement each other really well. yin and yang, offense, defense, everything. So, I mean, uh, th- that's what you need, really, in, in a top-tier pair in the NHL. you got to have one guy that's focusing on the offense, one guy that focuses on D, and then once in a while they meet in the middle. And that's what, that's what the Islanders have, and that's what's been kind of shaping that defensive structure for this team, led by, obviously, Barry Trotz. Uh, It's made his job a lot easier. So to have this guy or these guys, excuse me, that that are performing, um, it, it was a no brainer to get them locked up. Everybody was on board for it. And now you don't have to worry about that. You can focus on other elements of the team moving forward. Obviously, right now, priority is win, win, win.
0: Yes, of course, but let's stay right there, uh, maybe focusing on other elements of the team. Do they need more, especially on the defensive end? Uh, I don't know how much Islander hockey have been watching since the season started, but they did sputter out of the gate, and a lot of the conversation right now has been the defense, has been Shara, his age, Andy Green, his age. Is that something that's going to be able to last all year, or or maybe they're going to have to look elsewhere?
3: Yeah, I I think, you know, obviously we'll see how the season plays out, if there are injuries and and whatnot, but I, I suspect that that's an area... From the get-go, that they wanted to address later on in the season, like once we get to the trade deadline, once we get to that that period, maybe after the Olympic break, because uh, I think there's just under a month until the trade deadline. Once we all get back to action, um, I think that's when Lou is going to look to to bring in somebody on that left side and that blue line. I think you have you bring back Andy Green because of what he means to this club, and in the room you bring in Zdeno Chara from. Uh, you know, cup experience, as I mentioned earlier, and the fact that he's still a hulking body out there. And yeah, the foot speed's not what it was, um, but the presence that he brings on the ice is just as important off of it as well. And in that room and Matt Martin doesn't have to fight him anymore. So that's, (laughs) uh, that's another bonus. But I, I think, I think eventually they will look to bring in somebody on that left side, how creative they get before the trade deadline. I mean, there's too many variables in play right now to predict, but I'm sure Lou's going to have his finger on that pulse.
1: Dave, I want to ask you, since we have you on here, about everything that's kind of gone on with the the salary cap and the gymnastics that not only the Islanders have had to kind of pull off this season, but obviously last year, too. um, Some of the, the things that Tampa Bay did with their long LTIR and and players coming on and off and a a lot of things that took a lot of scrutiny from, from fans during the playoffs. And I'm I'm curious if, if you've heard anything about the league starting to take notice of this more and more, um, because of the way it's, it seemed to get a little bit more attention over the last year or so.
3: Yeah, they don't care. Um, (laughs) uh, they're They're fine with it. Nobody's making a big deal about it within the league. Teams are fine with it. Um, and now more and more are doing it because some are taking advantage of circumstance. Others are creating circumstance. Um, but it's, it's, it hasn't gotten to the point where it's, it's that much of a conflict that it's being brought up in discussions. They, they've got the GM meetings that'll be virtual next month. Right. I doubt that'll be a big topic point. Um, they've got the, the, the board meetings later on in the year down in Boca. So I, I, I can't see that really being that big of a concern because so many teams are doing it. And now, I mean, you know, not having a soft cap because we have a, a, a flat cap mm-hmm. and there's no flexibility, there's no luxury tax and all that, that kind of offsets it. So again, you know, fans may, you know, chirp uh, Tampa Bay <laughs> for the Kucherov stuff last year, right. but the Isles are doing it, the Canadians are doing it, at, at, I'd say 15, 16 teams right now. Could be, you know, smacked on the wrist because they're doing something along these lines, but it's within the rules and everybody's happy with it.
1: I certainly saw plenty of Tampa Bay Lightning fan chirping, chirping Islander fans during the uh, start of the season with the way Lou Lamoureux has has. Divvied up some of his contracts and when he's and when he's actually filed them and when he hasn't. But but Dave, I wanted to ask you actually about another another league issue and that was today a report in the Athletic that um, league attendance was actually down to start the season. Obviously, uh, some of the the te- longstanding teams that have had uh, sellout streaks that are, are known to have a lot of fans in the building have seen a dip. I know the Canadian teams they've seen a dip in attendance and I'm I'm curious to get your take on why that is and is this something that should be of a concern to the league as they try and Dig themselves out of what everyone else has been digging themselves out of with the with the pandemic.
3: Yeah, not yet. Um, because I, I think the message is be better. Um, you know, and then people like the Chicago, they broke their sellout streak of well five hundred and sixty some odd games because they suck. <laughs> that's I mean, and fans are fed up. Right. right? Yeah. Like yeah. Buffalo, I've I, I'm an hour and a half from Buffalo, and I, I used to go to a bunch of games. I haven't been yet um, since the pandemic, but uh, that place, even though they were junk, they would have a strong amount of fans there that were going to watch games. Now they're just absolutely fed up with all the crap that's going on, everything that the, the Eichel stuff, right. the excuses, and this and that. So I'm not. I'm not overly concerned, and I don't think the league is yet either, because the the markets that we're seeing these dips in attendance are in markets where it's justified. Um, you know, if UBS opens and there's a thousand empty seats, that's going to be a problem, right? right? Yes. And I know that's not going to happen, but I mean, that, I'm giving you an extreme exaggeration right. of example. Um, you know Vegas; they continue to sell out. If they, if if it's fifteen thousand fans instead of eighteen, then yeah, that's going to be that's going to be an issue and all that. But look, like LA, um, they're going; they've gone through their rebuild. This is their year to try to reengage that fan base again. They'll come back around if they keep in if they're within playoff striking distance. They'll start to see an upswing in. Uh, in, in in tickets again in in LA and that'll just kind of balance it all out again. So I, again, the league's not overly concerned. It is an unfortunate, yeah, I guess. But I mean, it's again, it's happening in markets that you can look and say, mm, okay, that makes sense. I get it.
0: Sure, sure. And Dave, you were talking about the salary cap before, and, and something that kind of popped into my head that I've I've spoken to some pals about with the with the salary situations especially now with the flat cap and you have certain teams maybe out west down in Florida where you know people talk about the sales tax and oh so not the sales but the salary tax and whatnot and guys yeah. can actually get a little more money out of their contracts they play in Dallas or Vegas or something is that even like on the league's radar as something to perhaps adjust or look into or to, to try to balance the scales a little bit or is that just no, something that it is what it no, is no that's
3: another yeah that's that that's i mean look it's an incentive for guys obviously you can make a couple extra 100k or something like that and play in a, you know, climate like Tampa or Fort Lauderdale as opposed to whatever, Winnipeg or, you know, Minnesota winters Winters are brutal and things like that. And maybe somebody doesn't like Chicago and wants to play somewhere else. Everybody's got their own little, you know, forte, where they want to play, what markets they like and don't like and things like that. But from a sales tax perspective, no. And and. You know, my colleague of mine, Dennis Bernstein, was mentioning this earlier today on, on NHL Network Radio. Outside of Tampa, what other club that has that benefit has made the Stanley cup, has won the Stanley Cup since the cap has been implemented? Right? Florida, uh, National made the Cup final once right. uh, against San Jose. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Other than Tampa we're not, at, well, okay, Vegas, Vegas, yeah. Vegas, the first year, but, um, but if you look at, I mean, a lot of these markets and a lot of these teams that are doing well, players want to play where they have a chance to win and that other stuff kind of factors in. And I, I talk to guys all the time about it. Would you, you know, guys from Quebec, would you want to go play for the Canadians guys from Toronto or Ontario? You want to play for the Leafs, you know, out of New York or Long Island, you want to play for the Isles or the that and the other. Well, are they good? OK, then, yeah, I'd like to go there. I would like to. Yeah. I think what I can add can bring a Stanley Cup to that team. That's what it means. That's number one for, I'd say, 90% of the people in the league. Uh, and then all those other things kind of factor in. If you've got a good agent, you've got a good marketing team, you want to make some extra, ca- some, some extra bucks and, and extra cash, you can find ways to do it. That will offset whatever you may lose from a salary tax perspective.
1: Talking with Dave Panyota from the fourth period here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. Dave, just have two more questions for you, and we'll let you go. Uh, we have a, a fun one that we usually do at the end of the show, but I want to ask you one more kind of serious question before we get to that, and that is, of course, about this this 13-game road trip that the Islanders are on to start the season, certainly a, a um, significant one in league history and, and one that's somewhat unprecedented. How much of an impact do you think that's going to have on the rest of the 82-game season starting the first 13 on the road in, in such a unique fashion and in, in a way that's very travel heavy I mean it's not like they're playing in the northeast corridor for 13 games they are they are crisscrossing the United States and Canada
3: yeah they are and uh, they're home now and they're, they're happy to be home yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for a few days and and uh, you know I was talking to a couple guys with the Isles earlier today about that and that first stretch those first few games that was that that added up Right, I mean, now they're home, and now it's like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna be home, and then they're going somewhere for a couple games, and they're coming back, and then they're going for a couple. So it that that's more what they're accustomed to. This big stretch is certainly rough, or was rough, but that's out of the way, and this leads to some better stuff down the road. You're gonna have more home swings, right. so you bite the bullet now. You get out of it. You're home for four days before you got to go on the road again. And it, it, it's it's almost like a regular road trip. You're home, and then you're good. So it, it didn't seem like it, it was a bother. If it, I mean, if they stretched this 13 games out within a small span, then that would have been pretty ridiculous, and the guys would have been pretty frustrated with it. Um, but it, everyone seems to be pretty comfortable. They got that first swing out of the way. That was the big one. And, and now it's like kind of regular road trips. Plus they got that, I think there's a game in Jersey coming up, which is pretty much a home game in terms of travel. So um they're 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 through the worst part of it and now it's kind of normal so i, I if anything uh, I, I almost would prefer that personally because i'm gonna i know i'm gonna be home a lot more later on in the season and that helps be with the family that helps mend the body that all that stuff so um but yeah they're eager to hit the ice at ubs <laughs>
1: All right, Dave, and and finally, we end the end the, our segment with all our guests now with a random question. Um, just for examples, yeah. we we've asked Andrew Gross in the past about um, what what song he'd be listening to go to cover an Islander game. We asked Molly Walker from the New York Post about her favorite press box meal, and I I don't know in the kind of tune of what we've been talking about today and of course the excitement around UBS arena I have to imagine Ooh. a you'll be out on Long Island for the the season the opener at UBS arena and so yeah. I have to ask you what quintessential Long Island delicacy are you looking forward to having when you come to Long Island for the Islanders home opener nice.
3: man um <laughs> well yes I will be there I to awesome. be there um I'm probably gonna get I, I'm, I'm I've been toying with this I don't know if I'm like, Borelli's, by the way, is, I know it's not near the rink, mm. uh, the new one anymore, but I might have to swing by there on either the day before or something like that to give that a, go check out that spot again. Um, bagel, probably going to get myself. Blue
0: line deli and bagels?
3: Blue line, yeah, <laughs> I'm probably going to get myself, swing by there, nice. and then have one uh, pregame as well. So that's, the, that's, those two things, that's probably definitely on my, on my schedule.
1: That is a great answer, and of course, you by law you have to listen to Billy Joel the entire time that you're <laughs> well, you're on Long Island.
3: Of course, yeah, We're gonna, <laughs> we may even put it in some of our content as well, so uh, as background noise. But uh, I'm excited for that, guys. It's going to be. I I know people are talking like this arena is great, that arena is great. Um, this is there's a lot of hype around UBS and 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 this facility. I'm I'm pretty excited to check it out.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Dave. I'm pretty stoked, and, and always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today.
3: You got it. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: You got it. All right, folks, that was the great Dave Banyota of the fourth period. Talking a little Isles, talking a little
1: hockey. That's right. And the show goes on. The show goes on. Even got a little plug-in for our friends over at Blue Line Deli. Yes, who, indeed. Uh, hopefully, we can get, uh, get Donnie to hook up uh, Dave with a uh, free, uh, free couple sandwiches there. He's got to try the Blue Liner. He's got. I mean, it's, it's pretty much uh, required... Eating to ha- have him try a hockey night in New York. I know Donnie's listening right now, so he has to. <laughs> he has to uh, whoa, 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 whoa! First I, I nice plug, Shawnee. I was gonna plug Blind <laughs> Eye, but Shawnee jumped <laughs> in there. Oh, sorry, oh bud. God, what that's nonsense! <laughs> but sorry, uh, pal. great spot is always from yes. Dave. Always fun having him on, and, yes. and great insight not only about what's been going on on the island, but of course across the National Hockey League. Uh, and a, and a lot of interesting a, lin, a lot of interesting tidbits going on with everything from the Islanders to the Seattle Kraken and, and everything in between. Dude, I love those jerseys, man. The Kraken I jerseys. Actually, uh, the road ones look nicer that- than the home ones. I don't know what you want to call it, teal, whatever color yeah. that is. It really pops off the jerseys, man. I think it's gorgeous. I, I think the white ones look a lot nicer to me. I agree. Yeah. I like, yeah, the white ones are really nice. I actually wasn't too much of a fan of the of the the teal ones that they had at home. Hmm. Um, and I did get a chance to watch the the opener a little bit there on Saturday after driving back from Bridgeport and, mm-hmm. and catching the last little bit of the Islander game as well. But um, certainly an exciting moment for Seattle for the NHL to get to get that franchise up and going finally at home. Um, You know, I think there's basically every Seattle um, star showed up for that game. Macklemore, of course, obligatory, has to show up to every every professional sporting event. And... I think that it was fun to see. It was cool to see that that building open up. It's a very unique building. The one thing that I kind of thought was really cool is, as Dave was mentioning, is, is how low it's dug into the ground. Mm-hmm. That when you're on street level, there's actually glass panes at the top where fans, were where people were looking in, and you could watch the game from. Oh the street, wow, very cool. Which was kind of cool and yeah. could present and in, and in, in a unique opportunity if the if Seattle goes to the playoffs in the near future. Yeah, yeah. Um, but great to see Seattle have a hockey team. And, and honestly, I know. This is not hockey-related, but the next great thing to happen to that city should be for them to get an NBA franchise back and and bring back the Seattle Supersonics after they were stolen away by Oklahoma City. Is that on the radar? Not that I want to get into basketball talk, but I don't don't know what happened there. Um, It was a similar situation. There was a fantastic documentary made a a few years ago that I watched. I forget the name of it. uh, About the Seattle Supersonics leaving and Mm -hmm. going to Oklahoma City. And that was basically the beginning of the Kevin Durant era. I think it was Kevin Durant. Okay, um, or maybe I'll it was for it. I forget who it sure. was. Um, there, mm-hmm. and it was almost a similar situation to what happened with the Islanders. It was an old, outdated arena; it needed mm-hmm. to be renovated. They went through process after process to renovate it, get a new building, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the ownership group sold to a, a group of I think of, think of Oklahoma businessmen that came in said uh, okay. they keep the team and then basically every, did everything they could basically major league did so they could move the team out to the really? city yeah so it had yeah. nothing
0: to do with like a dwindling fan base or anything they no I mean that that just, is a passionate just, okay. fan
1: base you look at them from how they supported the start of the Kraken to how they support the sounders the Seahawks the Mariners um that is a right. sports city. Through and through, one of the I most. I know they love their soccer team over there too, the Sounders. Yeah, there you go. And the um and the women, I think it's I think they're also called the Sounders, but there's a, a women's soccer team out there as well that they support very heavily. They play in um the NFL stadium and they fill about thirty thousand fans there, even for the women's team, which is um, a fantastic show of, of not only the tremendous effort that the the sport of soccer has and the footing that it has, no pun intended, in, in there, but but the the kind of diversity in the in the sports that they support. Speaking of soccer, Christian, do you watch <laughs> Ted Lasso? No, I've, I've Dude, really I have Dude, I jumped
0: on board. It's a great show. The hype is The hype is it lives up to the hype, for sure. Great show, folks. Ted Lasso, check it out. Apple TV Plus. <laughs> I want to watch it. I don't have Apple <laughs> it's TV. It's very good. It's very good. Very good stuff. Jesus I will I,
1: uh, I will uh find a way to watch it on Apple TV. Okay, great. Of course, legally. Right, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean that's it was it was great to see it, and and I think that was the the ultimate kind of primer for what to expect, so to speak, with the opening of UBS Arena down what, the line. Ex-
0: do you mean, like, what's on tap? Do you mean that? Like, what's what's on tap for the <sighs> UBS Arena? Is that what you meant? Uh,
1: I mean, it? no, I was going <laughs> to just talk about UBS <laughs> Arena so, for yeah, a second. <laughs> See, you're right, trying ahead. to force my hand here. A little bit. Um, no, I was just going to say, I think it, it, think it was a sort of sneak peek for what to expect with UBS Arena and how the excitement's going to be here on Long Island for when that building opens. Obviously, charity concert the night before, and then a... Um, the Islanders season opener or home opener, I should say, against Calgary. Did you see the dual scoreboard situation that got I going did. Over it there was in interesting. Seattle, yeah. It was a little weird. I little don't know different. if I like that. That yeah. I wasn't a big fan of, but yeah. I we've seen the we've seen the scoreboard at UBS Arena. It's it's centered, it's not <laughs> split into two, so everyone yes. can can and it's, feel and it's uh, massive.
0: confident that they'll be able to watch. Yeah, when I was looking at the live cam and for whatever reason they had the scoreboard like Look, it almost looked like it was just hovering yeah. over the ice for some reason, over where the ice was going anyway. And you had some guys walking by, and you really get an idea just how gigantic that thing yeah. is. So, yeah, finally won't have to complain about the scoreboard anymore, for folks. So that's, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, but certainly uh, certainly an exciting, exciting item on the agenda that's coming up on the Islander schedule. Of course, not quite what's on, immediately what's on tap, but it's on tap down the line. It's on tap down the line, on the line. <laughs> Ty technology, ta- TIE
0: Technology, RJ Daniels, Blue, Blue line, line Deli. <laughs> nice. All right, so you know who I want to talk about? I want to talk about Zach Parise. Got a couple games in now. Yeah. What do you think of the
1: work? He, he's not really hitting the score sheet
0: yet, but he's doing a lot of good work out there.
1: I like I like the energy that he's brought, and I like the chemistry that he's developed with, with Oliver Wallstrom, and I think that's an important an important dynamic to develop because the, Oliver Wallstrom, obviously, is such an important player for the New York Islanders, and he is a guy that... Uh, you know he's gonna be a big impact player for this team going forward and to see a guy like Zach Parisi who's had so many games under his belt and so much experience under his belt being able to kind of create that chemistry uh, is certainly a, a huge thing for the Islanders and the fact that Parisi just looks more and more comfortable as the games have gone on um, I think I, I think it's safe to say he definitely had one of his better games against Vegas he's mm-hmm. certainly looks better against Arizona I think I think when you look back at, at guys that have come into the Islanders system before, John, John Gabriel Pajot, Kyle Palmieri, Andy Green, when they first got here, there are struggles that happen. It is, yeah. it's, it's not a different system in the sense that you know, it's, it's much different than what other teams run, but mm. the intensity level, the high intensity level and, and focus on the defensive effort and mm. um, the way that the team needs to play is much different than a lot of other teams. And I think that takes a lot of time, not a lot of time, but it takes some time to get used to. And I think that's why... Pajot took such a while, yeah. such a long time to get adjusted. Yeah, Palmieri needs yeah. to get need time to get adjusted. Uh, Green needs time, and I think you're seeing that with some of the new new Islanders that have come in. Parisi, right. for example, um, Zadeno Chara, I think is a little bit of a different story. We'll get to him, but Parisi, <laughs> I think you're seeing him come out of that that part where. He was getting acclimated in training camp and training camp and training camp. And obviously it's a different beast in training camp. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the regular season and you see him starting, you know, see how quick, how quick the game moves. He sees how quick you need to be in different positions. He sees, you know, how intense the system is that the Islanders run and it takes a little bit of that time to get adjusted and, and be like, all right, he, he wrapping my head around mm-hmm. all these different changes, and then and then you're seeing the product. you're seeing the the payoff, I guess you could say, in the last couple games.
0: Yeah, and I would also say, much like Paggio and Palmieri, that we're really gonna see uh, Parise really bearing fruit in the playoffs. That's yeah. where that's where he's really gonna earn his paycheck and i think he's going to be huge for them in the playoffs.
1: Well, year. that's always what the Islanders talk about, Barry Trotz and them. talk about this team is built for the playoffs. Right. You know, that's that's their thing. And stuff to get there. Yeah, and that's that's <laughs> that's the battle, is getting right. to the playoffs and once they're there the Islanders play with with such a confidence and with such a swagger in the postseason that, you know, you kind of forget that there's a, there are different points in the regular season where they looked really great and then there's points like that second half where you're like, "Holy moly, they might not make it to the playoffs if they keep right. playing like this." So, right. um Getting to the playoffs is the battle, and the way the Islanders' system is is built for the playoffs. And, and over an you know, an 82-game season, this will be the first real, real, real test in the last two, three years. Right. Uh, we see if, if they can do that, if they can play that system sustainably over the course of an 82-game season and then get, have enough in the tank to flip that switch like they did in years past in the postseason. Right, right, for sure. Well, let's talk about the other new guy in the block. I almost
0: said kid, but he's certainly not a kid. Daniel Chara. <laughs> so we're starting to see some grumbles out there from the fan base. He's showing his age, as as David pointed out before, he doesn't may not exactly have the foot speed that he used to have. Oh. But is this something you're still willing to give a give a shot here? Do you think he's maybe he's more in the in the realm of the, the Pajot and Paul situation where he's got to acclimate himself to the team and maybe we'll see Chara settle in? Even look, he's not gonna get faster. <laughs> we know that's not gonna happen. But you know, you still you know willing to give this guy a little longer of a leash leash to see if you know he can kind of get himself more used to the system, like you were talking about.
1: I, I think he's gotten a bit of a leash because of the fact that the Islanders have gotten better defensively mm-hmm. um, by by changing up the defensive pairs by putting Dobson back with Green at certain points, with moving some of the other defensemen around, and, and splitting up even Ryan Pulak and uh, Adam Pellick. That has kind of Pushed aside some of the really really rough parts of their game that that you saw in those first two games of the season and mm-hmm. and kind of stabilized things. But I, I I don't know I don't know if it's the best decision in the world to give Chara a little bit more leash because I get it and, and I, I you know I talked about it on, on another podcast earlier this week about you know the the other fact too is that Chara has had to play with Noah Dobson and, and he's kind of having to make up for some of the mistakes that Dobson makes. And when you don't mm-hmm. necessarily have the foot speed sometimes or the positioning, that's going to be an issue. Andy green could kind of absorb some of that. Cause he had a little bit better foot speed, although he's, you know, getting up there in age as well, but he, he could mm-hmm. kind of make up for some of the mistakes that Dobson has made in the past. Right. A little bit easier than, mm-hmm. than Chara has. Now, that being said, you look at his body of work, even when he's been moved off of, Align with Noah Dobson, and there's mm. still a lot of issues there. There's still some right. some concerns. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like the Islanders want to want to use Sebastian Aho just yet. I would have. I was kind of surprised that Aho right. didn't get a game in right. over the weekend when you had when you had the back to back games. Arizona, games. Vegas, yeah. And that was a bit of a surprise to me. I thought yeah. you would have seen Aho in at least one of them because I think he's earned it at a training camp, and um, it certainly raises questions about when he is going to get in the game. And, and it, it's certainly an interesting development on top of what's been going on with Senior Chara to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and I think Dave Paniota is right when he's saying that maybe they'll be looking towards a deadline for a you <laughs> See something funny in the chat yeah, I saw something funny <laughs> in the <chat> right there.
1: <laughs> that was actually pretty clever. Uh, CGS 878.
0: I got a kick out of that. They had Uncle Leo. Now they have Grandpa Chara. <laughs> he, is, he is up there in age. That's, that's for sure. So, but, but look, I mean, I think, I think, look, he's there. They're going to have to just see how it goes. And, and I'm sure if Barry still doesn't like what he sees at Achara, assuming he doesn't, <laughs> then he may finally right. put Ajo in there. But but it's true. It just seems like he's a guy, much like Tomasicchi, that he just – doesn't really trust to put out there. And so he's going with the guys that he has. Right. And But to, to go back to what I was saying about Dave and, and talking about the trade, I, I think for sure they're going to look to to add something there on the back end. And maybe it will be later on in the season, but I'm not so sure that they're going to go to battle in the playoffs with the six that they have now back
1: there. Right, and I think we talked about this at the beginning of the year as well, yeah. before during training camp, before training camp, that Chara coming in was not plan A by no. any stretch of the no, imagination. It was, it was it was, it was kind of a amalgamation of what transpired over the course of the, the offseason and, and some of the options that they thought maybe they had and, and mm-hmm. didn't pan out. So I, I agree with you in the sense that this is this is the deep air that they're going, the defensive unit that they're going with now because mm-hmm. they kind of have to. Right. Um, but come the trade deadline, I have to imagine, again, like you saw in years past when they brought in Andy Green or someone else, you know, they'll be looking to make a move and, and kind of change things up and, and solidify their blue line a little bit more going into the postseason. No doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. And one more guy I want to talk about before we uh, look at what's on tap.
0: You mentioned Oliver Wallstrom before playing with Parise. What do you what do you like out of him so far this season?
3: Wallstrom you yes. just
1: see you just see the confidence growing and growing in his game. You see his his shoot first mentality is still there, and that's something that the Islanders have continued not continued, but they've lacked over the last couple of years. And, and to see that from from a younger player is, is a great thing. And um, you know. He he didn't have the greatest camp by his own admission, by but, by the admission of Barry Trotz, and it mm-hmm. certainly seems like he's taken those comments to heart, and and he's he's used them as fuel, and he's he's turned things around. He had a rough game in in um, what was that Florida or Carolina where he had the late penalty, and he kind of got himself benched after that, mm-hmm, and, and cost mm-hmm. the Islanders a a goal there. But he's he's learning from that, and he's going to make those little mistakes and. Uh, it's good to see that he's been getting some of the room To make those mistakes and still get back out there And, and get opportunities
0: Yeah, and I think he's working hard out there I think he's putting the work in And he, he's going to have to if he's going to play with guys like Parise yeah, And Pajot. So I like what I've seen out of him so far He keeps shooting the puck like that He had, he had his first two-goal game Yep. So he keeps playing the way he's playing I think he's going to put up some big numbers this year He's going to be a big part of the team Absolutely,
1: I agree You ready? For
0: And now, it's time for What's on Tap Brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. That's right, folks. It's time for What's on Tap. So, Christian,
1: you are the man with the plan. You tell us what's on tap. So, what's on tap for the New York Islanders? Well, between now and our next show, nothing's on tap for the New York Islanders, technically, I guess. Technically, a little rest. A little rest, a little (laughs) R&R. I believe they had the day off today, and I'm not sure if they're practicing tomorrow. But, what is on tap? Love that. What is on tap right now? Coming up this week before our next tell show. Tell us. Tell us. Is, of course, yeah. the boozy brunch <laughs> that wow. we're hosting Way to deliver on, that. on Saturday <laughs> before the National Predators New York Islanders game at RJ Daniels. That's right. Where we'll be hosting, starting a live pregame show at noon. That's right. We'll be going up until 1 o'clock? one one 1.30. We'll see how it goes.
0: But, I mean, obviously
1: no later than puck drop. Probably... Maybe a little bit before Puck Drops. Puck Drops at 1.30. Yeah, yeah. There are a ton of fantastic specials, beer specials, food specials. That's a right. F- fantastic menu that the, our friends over at RJ Daniels have cooked up for you with Islander-themed uh, menu as well as a Halloween-themed atmosphere, if you will. Everyone will be in costume, so you should show oh, up Oh, that's in right. that's right. We'll be in costume. Yes,
0: we will. Uh, yes, we will. We're
1: not going to say what. We're, we're not telling people what we're I don't doing.
0: know. Maybe we will. What do you What do you think? What do you
1: think? I'm, I'm looking at you for, for direction on this. <laughs> uh Donnie Bagels will be there. Donnie Bagels Mellor will be there. Media is gonna be there.
0: Yes, yes. Mikey OB has to be there because that's, that's you know he, he, works, there. His joy. <laughs> that's he works. His joint. He works. Yeah. Yeah. But He's yeah, a it's a business. It's gonna be a blast. It's gonna be awesome. Islanders predators. Only days away now, the Boozy Brunch oh, at RJ Daniels. Boozy Brunch. I'm impressed, man. You really, you really went after it. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty I mean, good. I'm
1: excited for this. It's but, yeah,
0: we'll, uh, we'll be raffling off prizes like we have in the past. All good stuff. We'll do the 50-50. Yep. We have a lot of good Islander giveaways and stuff like that. Yep. So it is going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you
1: come down for the Boozy Brunch. Again, that's Saturday, October 30th at RJ Daniels in Rockville Center. You can call for reservations at 516-536-6258. Of course, Halloween costumes are encouraged. Pre-game yes. show starts at noon. Puck drops for the actual game at 1.30. And again, ton of beer specials. Ton Might of as well rattle specials. them off, buddy. You got them in front of you now. Uh, $5 Barn Rocker ales, $4 domestic bottles or pints, $18 domestic buckets, $15 domestic pitchers, $22 Modelo and Corona buckets. And of course the Shawnee special, which is <laughs> a white claw with uh, Buffalo chicken tidbits without, without the, the Buffalo sauce. <laughs> Good stuff. Or you can grab a $22 white claw bucket, which is, as uh, great as well. Yeah. Uh, our friend Sean Khan who does those tremendous, uh, Islander art, yes. artworks that believe will be down. there. Yes, yes, um, and I'm sure we'll have a uh, a very fun cast of characters that will be there Always. along the way to Always. enjoy some Islanders hockey in the afternoon. Again, Saturday, October 30th. Come and join us. Halloween costumes are encouraged; they're not necessarily mandatory, but we we
0: will talk about you behind your back if you don't wear a costume. You will be, you will be yes. judged. We will point and ridicule. You will be judged. <laughs> we won't do that. We're, we're nicer than that, I think that was what's on tap brought to you by rj daniels american bar and grill
1: who's brunch
0: yeah man you're really killing it with that i love it it's a shame that mm-hmm. halloween only comes around once a year i it's, love halloween it's
1: my favorite halloween. is that right
0: yeah. really I didn't know it you were really a Halloween guy. I am really,
1: yeah. So what's what's the best costume you've ever ever worn? For you Halloween? know, so it's funny. I'm not a costume guy. I'm more and you, of a, and it's your favorite holiday. Well, hear me out. Hear me out. All right, I'm listening. Not man. I'm not a costume guy, okay. but I I do enjoy classic Halloween horror movies. I do enjoy actually getting candy and uh, I enjoy the fall festivities that go along with it. I also have three nephews, so when they were growing up, that one of my favorite things to do was to go trick-or-treating with them. So, oh, isn't that um, nice? So that's Family guy, par- huh? partially why I enjoy it as well. Okay. Um, but it's, it's you like a the really candy. fun. You
0: like the fun. candy? I love the candy. What's your favorite candy, Christian? Oh, Reese's Peanut Butter <laughs> Cup. Okay, that's oh, solid. So good. That's solid. Oh, now, are you a candy corn guy? No. Thank God. No. That's the right answer. That stuff
1: is <laughs> gross. It's not good. It's
0: gross. What is it made of?
1: I don't know, and I don't want to know. I don't either. But the stuff is gross. Sorry, if you're a candy yeah. corn person. Sorry. Yeah. I also I love um, going to uh, haunted houses.
0: Haunted houses, yeah. I used to like that yeah. as a kid. Sure, sure. So yeah. you went last week?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to a Knicks game last week.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. God,
1: that sounds
0: like a haunted house experience as well.
1: It was not. It was actually a lot of fun.
0: Really? Yeah. I don't
1: buy it. I don't buy it.
0: Basketball, live yeah. basketball. A lot I don't of know, fun. Man. Okay. Preseason so. game
1: tickets weren't expensive. Preseason
0: basketball. What's worse than Garden that? Garden
1: was rock. Preseason
0: hockey. Wow, dude. Wow, dude. Now you're just barking up the wrong tree. Spring training
1: baseball. Okay, that probably is pretty. Preseason bad too. football. Preseason football is probably pretty bad too. I mean, so I, I don't watch. In that stuff order so. of like decency, it's probably preseason basketball and hockey, and then baseball. Because I still. Think that regular season basketball is terrible,
0: so I can't imagine what preseason basketball it's got to be. It's got to no, be it's fun, yeah. I enjoy basketball.
1: Well, you know what? I'm glad you had a good time. Thanks, Sean. Glad you had a good time. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, bud.
0: No problem. Well, that's
1: why I was Andrew's hero of the week last week. Remember, he told the tale of how I, I spent most of the night out on Friday night and Saturday, still managed to get onto a flight to Florida, yeah, 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 and be yeah. somewhat cohesive, right? Yeah, um, uh, but yeah,
0: okay, I All love right. Halloween. So okay, so you want you want to tell the folks that we're gonna wear what we're gonna wear?
1: Do you? Holiday? Are we? We're, all right. We're, we're
0: yeah. Who knows? Maybe it'll inspire some people to uh, get on board
1: with us. Well, it was a collaborative effort between, between Sean and I and RJ Daniels. Well, no, no, I will. The idea for our costume. Oh yes, okay. It was sure. a collaborative effort between mm-hmm, Sean and mm-hmm. I, and we will be. No, I want you to tell them. You'll probably have a better delivery. Uh, pepper. Yep. And cotton from, from dodgeball. Dodge yes espn the ocho
0: espn the ocho yes so basically you're just gonna wear clothes Yeah, <laughs> which i was microphone. gonna do anyway. right but i'm saying like is it really a costume is yeah. it really a costume i got mine ready to go though man I yeah got i got. I, I, I saw a little bit of sneak
1: pre costume <laughs> if, ready, you, if you weren't planning on coming to the event or watching on twitch.tv slash hockey night and yeah. why yeah. a you should because Obviously. you're a loser if you don't come whoa or don't watch.
0: Okay. All You're right. Missing out on
1: a good time.
0: Yes, that's true. That's it's true. just a
1: loser thing to do.
0: Damn. Harsh.
1: But come see us in costume, <laughs> embarrass ourselves, look like fools, have a great time. Yes. Drink some adult beverages.
0: There you go. It's have be some a lot great of fun. food. Yes. And and the RJ staff will be decked out in Dodgeball themed yeah. costumes yeah. as well. It's going to be great. We might see little patches of Hoolahan, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe a little uh, White Goodman. Love that movie. Yeah. One, of my, one of my top five movies. It is a fantastic movie. Love but that movie.
1: Please come down to R.J. Daniels. I know we keep pushing it, but uh, it, it was a great time. Anyone who came down for the playoffs last oh, year yeah, had a blast. Had a blast. Mm-hmm. I know I had, I had buddies come down last last year for the first time. They mm-hmm. couldn't stop talking about how much fun they had, and these are not people that are big hockey fans. So um, for them to come down and, and enjoy themselves as much as they did, I think, is a, is a true testament to what R.J. Daniels does there and to the fun that we can have. Uh, when we team up with with great people like rj daniels with blue line deli Thai technology. Yes,
0: yes indeed. And speaking of blue line deli, what do you say we break for the hero of the week? All right, let's do it. Folks, want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night ny. We'll be right back. The only thing better than a Great Long Island Deli is a Great Long Island Deli run by die-hard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food clean atmosphere and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero. So, folks, today, this week, it is the White Whale with chicken cutlet, gravy, onion rings, bacon, fresh mozzarella on a toasted garlic hero. Maybe a little hint as to who the hero or her heroes might be tonight.
1: I would, I would think it's a pretty dead giveaway.
0: Probably.
1: Probably very on the nose. Well, there you have it folks. The White
0: Whale. Step in stop in all week. You can step in too. I'm I'm having a terrible time with this right now. (laughs) Stop in to Bullon and Bagels all week for half off the White Whale. Mention hockey night in New York and have yourself a delicious little son. Well
1: yeah, I mean I want everybody to have that too, but sandwich
0: delicious christmas yeah how about that yeah buddy folks <laughs> this guy was cracking up during the break and i don't i don't even know why what was going on over there Are you just
1: having a little fun with yourself uh, what, what's going on the voices in my head
0: i see i see i'm sure there's quite a few of those <laughs> so without any further oh my god it's 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 off the rails of
1: christian arnold okay <laughs> So, so would you like to to tell us who your hero is, buddy? Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty straightforward at this point. Pretty pretty obvious at this point. But of course, it is Ilya Sorokin for the outstanding effort that he had over this week with the New York Islanders, backstopping them to a three zero and one record in his last four games, a point nine nine goals against average and a nine one seven save percentage. I believe. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but. <laughs> Stats just unbelievable, and they don't even tell the whole tale of just what Sorokin was able to do in his, yeah, in his no, four starts was, this, this week. He was phenomenal in the Chicago yeah. game. He stole the game, the stole of the first two periods before the Islanders' offense could actually show up to that game. Gave them a fighting chance in the Columbus game, and then obviously played lights out against Arizona and against Las Vegas, against Vegas. and um, finally got the two shutouts that he, sh- he earned and, and deserved. He should have had three shutouts, to be honest, to yes. give up that late goal in the third period. It was a really nice play, though. Yeah. Uh, Passion behind the goal. Yeah, but but I mean he, I think everybody in the room, Barry Trotz included, wanted wanted to I, see Sorokin get the I love that he challenged it. Yeah. I mean, I love you know, that, he that was fantastic.
0: I mean I'm sure at that
1: point in the game, like, why not? Like, you know. <laughs> give him a shot. Sure. Sure. Why not?
0: So I agree with everything this man just said. I don't like saying it often, but not to repeat him, but He's my guy, too. I mean, how do you pick anybody else? You know, you had a couple guys who had some good games. Barzell's goal against Vegas was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. That was a beautiful shot. Beautiful shot.
1: And that was their first game against Robin Leonard. Yeah, uh, no, it was not. It wasn't. No, he they played. Well, against, I'm wrong. They played against Robin <laughs> Leonard when he was with Chicago in 20, oh my god, 2019. Yes. It just feels December. like it because it's been so long. Well, it's their first game playing against him in Vegas, and he still hasn't come home. And then when he the played, when the Islanders played December 19th, when the Islanders played the Vegas Golden Knights on December 19th uh, at UBS Arena, that is potentially the first time that Robin Leonard will play on the island since he wore a New York Islanders jersey. That will be a very nice homecoming. He's going to yes. be very well received. He will be. He's one of the few people that have left Long Island and, and still stayed, and, and such good graces with Islander fans. And, and I, you know, you look at the, you look at the mutual respect that the Islander fan has for Robin Leonard, and Robin Leonard has for Islander fans. Yes. Obviously, everything everything that they supported him through with with his own personal. Battle with with mental health and addiction, and um, supporting him after he came out with the story is, is something that has stuck with him in, in his heart. Uh, you know, since he left Long Island, and that that won't change. And um, you know, he's someone who, even as a non-islander, is a tremendous ambassador for the Islanders organization yeah. and, and what they're trying to do um, between the new arena, between ownership, between everything, and in, in, in the support that they give their players. Um, you know, he, he is a tremendous ambassador to to the rest of the league for that. Yeah. And
0: he literally has Long Island stuck on his skin. Yes. <laughs> he has a tattoo. <laughs> he has a neck tattoo yes. of, of Long Island, which is pretty awesome. Pretty crazy. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Love it. So there you go, folks, your hero of the week, Ilya Sorokin brought to you by the blue line, Deli and bagels, half price hero, the white whale, get over there, mention hockey night, New York and get it for half price. Best deal in town. Yeah. Best deal in town. Yeah.
1: So there you go. Tremendous sandwich
0: tremendous tremendous sandwich so you were giggling the whole time during the break so i know you didn't really look to see if there are any questions so you want to see if there's any questions
1: from the audience well did you want to talk about bridgeport for a second or two yeah let's talk about the bridge the bridge let's talk about the bridge robin sallow tremendous game over the weekend tremendous effort is that right Big things. From Tell South. us about it, man. Scored the game winner on Saturday on Saturday in Bridgeport's home opener. On uh, Anatoly Golishev with a pair of goals. He has three goals in his first four AHL AHL games. Um, and we thought he was going to go back to Russia, and he didn't. No, nope. he's reported to Bridgeport. Show us how much we know. And has had a tremendous effort. And one thing that was interesting to note was how Brent Thompson also characterized the way that that Golishev has come in and um, really been one of the hardest workers on the team. And um, really worked hard to, to develop his game and continue that, that strong play that he had in, in preseason and training camp with the Islanders and extend that into the, the Bridgeport season. And the same thing with Robin Salo. These are two guys who are both playing the North American game for the first time in their, their careers, and um, they're playing it really well. And it'll be interesting to watch because while Salo and, and Goloshev didn't make the team out of training camp, these are two guys that don't need waivers to come coming up and down between the NHL and the AHL. And could they be op- options for the Islanders down the line if they if they don't want to play a, a Kiefer Bellows, if they don't want to play a Sebastian Ajo? The way that the two of them are playing right now, they're, they're getting in the mix. They're in the conversation, I would imagine. Love to hear it. Robin Sallow, especially, considering the way he played in training camp, considering the way he's continued that play in Bridgeport, I think one of the most interesting things is, you know, we talked a lot about his offensive game, I think, when he was up here at the NHL level playing in the preseason, and one of the things that stood out to me on Saturday watching him was his smart, intelligent play in the defensive zone. He was in always in good positioning. Um, when he needed to get back, he was able to break up a couple good opportunities for Springfield when they had some chances. And um, and then again, he was very active in, in the offensive zone. He was up in nice. the rush a lot. He was up in the offensive zone a lot um, and up in the play. And And that's something that was really good to see, especially from a guy that could be an impact player down the line for the Islanders, especially with their – their style of play I guess you will uh, and the system that they run up in the NHL level he's he's someone that I think could fit in very well and, and Goloshev is, is a hard worker and he was someone that was noticeable he had a scoring chance late in the game and overtime in the in the game on Saturday uh, and then obviously capitalized on a couple chances on on Sunday Sunday afternoon so three goals in four four AHL games is not a bad way to start your North American career no this and this is great to hear because look
0: you don't hope that it happens, but eighty-two game schedule now, you got to figure some guys are, are probably going to get hurt, get, get dinged up now and then. So it's good to hear that we got guys down in Bridgeport that are options if and when they need to make a call up.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's. It was interesting to see. I was I was excited to see those guys. I, I didn't see any of the the other the Islanders that I actually want to, was going down to see the the panic's and the um, Thomas panic, obviously. Um, right, Thomas panic. Yeah. Or, or Thomas Hickey or Leo Komarov, for that matter. So right. uh, it, it certainly is one of those things that I, I was looking forward to seeing those guys and, and, and trying to do a story on them. But then it, it turned into an even better story and, and getting the opportunity to see Salo and, and to see Goloshev and, and the way they've played and, and really continued their strong development in the AHL is a good thing. And, of course, you know, um, always nice to see a game down in Bridgeport. It's a, it's a nice venue. Yeah, and they just recently redid it, right? We talked about that a little bit, I think. Well, last they did week. the back end, the back end, okay. the back of house, okay. locker rooms. That, that okay, sort of thing. so
0: not so much on the
1: fans. Not side. not stuff that you would see outwardly. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So you hung out the bridge. I still got it used to calling them the Bridgeport
1: Islanders. Like, yeah, they're still the Sound Tigers. So well, did the fans. There were there was a group of fans that were sitting in front of the press box that kept cheering. bro, let's go Sound Tigers. Oh, really? The first two periods of the game before someone I guess gave them in the memo that they're not the Sound Tigers anymore. Oh, that's pretty funny.
0: All right, good stuff. little Bridgeport report. Yeah. All right. I like it. So let's take it to the questions. And Blue Line Deli, I think we know that guy, right? That's Donnie Bagels. Donnie Bagels. Donnie Bagels. That should be his screen name. Honestly. I have a question, he said. Oh, Besides good. the fans, how long does it take for the Isles to feel at home in UBS Arena? Got to imagine it won't feel like home for at least a handful of games. What say you, Christian?
1: I agree. I think it'll take some time to get used to. I think the nice thing that um, you'll see the Islanders are going to fly back right after their game against Florida that that first week going into the UBS game on the 20th so they'll probably get i would imagine they'll practice at least one or two of those days after they get back from the last two games of their road trip in Florida i imagine they'll practice at least one or two of those games at UBS arena instead of mm-hmm. excuse me instead of holding practice at um Northwell Health Center in East Meadow i think that just to get get themselves accustomed to what they're going to um what they're going to face and what they're going to see once they hit the ice at UBS Arena, I think that. Ah, oh, granted, though, I, I say that, and I just realized I, I said before there's a concert the nineteenth, a charity concert the nineteenth, before. Yes. So that might be yes. tough. Um, so that might negate everything I was just about to say. Cool. <laughs> Which will be interesting then, because then their first spin on the on the ice will be that the twentieth, and then it's a question of will they have morning skate in in Belmont or will they have morning skate at in East Meadow? Yeah. It'll take. Mm. I agree with Donnie though. It'll take a couple games, the the couple games to get used to the bounces and, um, the way the ice is and, and you know the little intricacies that go along with, with right. each individual arena. Now a lot of those are not there as much anymore, considering how cookie cutter a lot of the, the venues are across the National Hockey League. But right, you know, it still takes time to get somebody used to used to some of even the the little intricacies that'll be there uh, when the Islanders hit the ice for the first time at UBS Arena, November twentieth. November
0: 20th. I can't believe it's less than a month away. Yeah. We're almost there. So, Mel Armenia 22 has a question. If you guys could shuffle the lines and d pairs on this team, what is your lineup? Ah, wow, that's a great question. Sean, you want to go first? Sure, sure. Um, I kind of like the way the forward lines are, so I'm not changing too much there. I think, I th- and we talked about this when the season was really getting started, and the only thing that I was really considering the, the flip-flopping was it was always the whole Wallstrom versus Palmieri yeah. discussion as far as the first line and the third line goes I know maybe it took a little bit for for the second line to get out of the gate Brock Bailey and and Bavillier but I, I like that line long term I honestly wouldn't touch the forwards too much it's the real question for me is really the defense yeah and we surprisingly to me you saw Barry tinkering with the pairs pretty early when he was splitting up Pelican pullock because there was some struggles going on back yeah. there. And unfortunately, and this is something else we talked about before the season started too, was that you're going to have one of those pairings where there's not going to be a lot of foot speed. And that's wh- whether you're putting Green next to Mayfield or Char next to Mayfield or Green and Char that, that's not going to happen. But right. but the bottom line is is, you know, they used to have a nice balance with the D pairings when Letty was there and and way, you know, back in the day when Tave was there as well. It was a really nice <laughs> right. you had guys that complimented each other, guys that could rush the puck, guys that were responsible defensively. And not to say that those type of guys aren't <laughs> there now, Christian. Nice. But, uh, but look, I think I think the D is, is going to be a work in progress, and that's why we're already seeing Barry Tinker with it. Uh, it's It's hard to look at it, you know, and 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 love love the full six, you know, because there's always going to be that one pairing I think that's going to be a little bit lacking, and and we're seeing that Dobbs, Dobson still has a, a bit of a learning curve. He's still getting his game, you know, acclimated in the NHL and whatnot. So there's there's still some bumps and bruises there, and and like you were talking about before, you know, Char trying to be there to to make up for his mistakes right. when he's already having his own struggles. So it's tough. I mean, but I think I think. You know, I think you go back to keeping Pelican pull it together, and I, I would like to see, you know, more of a long term situation where they're together and just see how Char can get, you know, get going with Dobson, and and, and look if it if it doesn't turn out to be a long term solution, then yeah, you're just gonna have to mix them up.
1: All right. Well, I think that's a, a very good answer, Sean. So thank you. And I would either start Sorokin or Varlamov, <laughs> which was the next question from Trotty19. Oh well, when does Varlamov play? Is the next question. Okay, and we A19. we 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 did talk about that a little bit
0: before, and we both said that we would go with Sorokin on Saturday, right?
1: Yeah. But I would I wouldn't be surprised if Barry put him in there, you know. When does when does Varlamov play? You know what I'd say. If does, I, I'd say, you know what, look, just looking at the schedule real quick, yeah. I would imagine it'd be in that stretch of games, maybe that Montreal game um, after the after days. I five think that's days, a great game to get I think in. that's. I think that's the Montreal game.
0: Montreal stru- struggling.
1: Uh, I, that's the game I, I think, think you see Varlamov back in the net. I think Varlamov will back up Sorokin on Saturday mm-hmm. in Nashville, and then I think Varlamov will get his first start of the season in Montreal. I'm with you on which that. Which means Varlamov will probably start on Saturday <laughs> in Nashville. <laughs> right. Right. If you keep the score at home. Right. Of course.
0: So I think that covers it for the for the questions. Only a few. Anybody else got anything out there? Want to throw one in there real quick? Anybody? We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I think that's a good spot. Yeah. Sorokin for the uh, for the Montreal game. That sounds about right to me.
1: Okay. Well, that, again, that probably means that Sorokin <laughs> will not start the Montreal game. He'll. I, I think right. Parlemoff will start the, the Nashville game and uh, and then probably take over the well, net. For all we know. Trodiere nineteen
0: wants to know what's wrong with JGP. Jean Gabriel Pajot.
1: What is wrong with him?
0: I suppose Chaudier doesn't like his game right now. Um, I mean, or maybe he's talking about the the sickness. Maybe when he was out for a game.
1: Uh, well, he was out with sickness. Sick. Right. Right. <laughs> um, not enough Bengals. <laughs> not, not enough No, I, I, I don't. No, I don't think his game has been that terrible. I, I think it's been pretty, pretty decent for the most part. I don't think he's he's struggled or um really done anything different than than what we've been accustomed to uh, other than the fact that you have had the team struggling a bit earlier in the start of the season but again that kind of that's kind of turned the curve Mm -hmm. and and you've seen that I think everyone's coming back around that that needs to come back around I don't think there's been any major drop-off in Pajot's game through the first uh uh, through the first couple games so Mm -hmm. um I hope that answers your question Trotier.
0: Right, assuming that's that's what he meant. He might have yeah. just meant literally what was wrong with him. Like Mel Armenia just chimed in and said, "I heard it was food poisoning." So maybe he ate the same thing that Angus Lee ate. Which <laughs> right, is not a good idea after Angus was out. But whatever the case may be. But uh, I think it was
1: more maybe like flu flu like or something like that. Just mm-hmm. by the way it was described by some of the players. So, but at this again, at this point, we're we're kind of out of that that those woods right now. Obviously, mm. COVID's something that on, that's on everyone's mind, and you have to be. Uh, mindful for as you continue through this season as the player. So he did clarify, okay.
0: and he said his game ain't been great. His ain't his game ain't been. Ain't
1: great. been great. Um, doesn't like it. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it's been anything. Of, I don't think it's been terrible. I I don't think so either.
0: Um, okay. It was pretty interesting to see uh, Parise fill in for him at center. Guy never played center in his career. <laughs>
1: right, right, and right. Yeah.
0: sub the line while, while he's out. So,
1: um, to answer CGS 878, Schneider, when will Schneider get a start if Varley can't go for a while? I mean, Varley's, I think it's the writings on the wall that Varley's coming back. back. He's, Schneider was waived today. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have to imagine he'll clear waivers and, and, um, Designated for Bridgeport at at some point after that, so I don't I don't think Schneider is going to play any time at the NHL level and right f- now.
0: And the fact that Sorokin played back to backs himself tells you that Barry isn't exactly wild about throwing right. I mean, that's yeah. yeah.
1: I, I think that's part. You know, he was confident that that Sorokin could go that that sixth game and not be have an issue. And, and two, the fact that Corey Schneider was not great in the preseason. If you want to talk about someone that was not good. Uh, you know Schneider was not great in the preseason, except for that one game in in Philadelphia where he had a, a good start, and mm-hmm. that was something that he needed to have. And right, um, but really that was that was about it. He did not look to me like it, it would have been a great option to have to go to Schneider if you really needed to in, in the course of the regular season.
0: Yeah, I I think you're right. I don't think we're going to see Schneider at all. And if if we do, that means there's a problem. That yeah. means there's an injury problem. But other than that, I think Schneider is going to play for Bridgeport. That's about it. That's about it. I think that's a bit of it
1: for us, too, right? I think that's about it for us, too. I think we covered all the the boozy brunch on Saturday. Come on down. Have a lot of fun with us at RJ Daniels. We'll be there enjoying um, a great, great uh, pregame show that we'll be putting on. And then, of course, we'll be sticking around to... Giveaway prizes and trivia and trivia and, and games and stuff that we do during the intermissions. All the
0: fun stuff. All the fun stuff. But as Pepper and Cotton. Pepper are you, are you going to be in character, man? Yeah. All right. Can't wait. Cotton.
1: <laughs> I cannot wait to see your. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pans out for him. I cannot wait to see what happens. <laughs> well, folks, I want to thank you cotton. all. Costumes might be a bold strategy.
0: Yes, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it anyway. See so... how
1: it pays off. See how it pays off.
0: So folks, we're to thank you all for tuning in To twitch.tv slash hockey night ny. And of course, on your favorite Ouch podcast.
1: Tail you, bro.
0: Nice, nice. Maybe we should switch roles. So folks. Big thanks to our sponsors, starting with RJ Daniels, American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. The best place to catch the aisles when you can't make it to the game. And don't just go for the aisles. They have live music, comedy nights, trivia, a late night bar scene. They have it all. Also a big thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho, Turnpike, in Huntington, an official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com for their great selections and hockey themed heroes yep. and a big thanks to Tide Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TideTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service and of course a huge thanks to David Panyota of the 4th Period for joining us tonight and folks remember, rate, review subscribe, tell your friends Follow Christian on Twitter at C underscore Arnold 01. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for Cotton. <laughs> I'm Pepper. I'm Sean Cuthbert for Christian Arnold. We've been Hockey Night New York. Yep. Have a great rest of your night. We will see you at RJ Daniels. Bye. Boozy Brunch.